What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in once again. This is another episode of West Hoffman with Friends. Um, coming at you. Uh, I am really enjoying doing these podcasts. I'm connecting with some people that I haven't connected with in a while, and it's cool because uh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. It is not over. <laughs> um, so it's been very cool to connect and have these conversations um, online and share them with you. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, again, we're having people tune in. I don't know how this happens, but people tune in from all over the world, and it's really, really cool to me that anybody gives a shit about this podcast. So <laughs> thank you for giving a shit. Um, if you do listen to this podcast and you like it, um, the only ask that I have is just share it. If you share it on Instagram through Spotify or Apple Podcasts or a screenshot, um, tag me in it and I'll shoot it out and um, maybe more people will listen and that would be really cool. Um, so that's the only thing that I ask with this. Uh, this is truly a labor of love uh, just because I love to do it and I love to share it with people. So um, thank you. This episode is with my good friend, Dr. I just call her Dr. Renee. Um, it's Dr. Renee Mudry. Um, she is amazing. She's truly amazing. Uh, I'm so thankful and grateful that she's a part of my life. I have met some amazing people through uh, knowing her. And um, uh, Chris Rupsa is one who was on my podcast last year. Just a really amazing guy. I got to meet him in Colorado. Um, he's my big bro. <laughs> um, and I've uh, had several conversations with Dr. Renee. I was on her radio show um, maybe a year or two ago. And um, she's been on my show now twice. So... Um, she's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. She recently wrote a book called The Unbecoming that we talk about on this podcast as well. And um, she's just a beautiful soul. She's a very, very amazing person. And um, like I said, I'm grateful to have her in my life. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to stop talking and let you guys just listen to this episode with Dr. Renee. And hope you have a great day. And I'm here with my dear friend, Dr. Renee. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. It's so, I have to tell you, uh, we're, so we're doing this audio, uh, audio and video. And you just, every time that we do a Zoom call, you're just glowing like an angel. <laughs> you know, people have said that. Now, I will say there is a slight light over here. But I will tell you, a lot of people say that even when they meet me. And I really used to think that was weird at first and then when I started to really accept the blessing of what I was born to be here for I feel like it I just started to illuminate even more because of it so whenever you're living into your absolute divinity I think anybody would anybody would shine so thank you for seeing me that wow. really means a lot to me yeah yeah it's it's I I love what you said that um that to to just own it and you know I I in the past I've had a hard time taking compliments like that when people yeah, will tell me yeah. um, oh you know I just love everything that you say or you just like are shining a light into the world and keep doing what you're doing and I'm just you know and there's a natural reaction to be like oh well you know I don't have important things to say or I'm not yeah. really glowing but 
Um, I think when you. Well, can... let me tell you about my shadow real quick, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about all the shit from my life. You know, it's like, why? Why do we do that to ourselves? Like, this is so beautiful, right? And you're there. I can tell you look fantastic. And I think that that's a big part. When you finally get here, like, there is nothing else that you need to go find. You don't have to make excuses for your happiness. You just get to live into it. You understand that it's temporary, so damn it, while it's here, I'm going to enjoy it because I know it eventually will go away for a little bit, and it'll come back, and it'll go away, and it'll come back. And I love when you finally get into an understanding of the cycle of life and your spirit and everything about it. You just live, and it's it's really nice, right? Nothing's perfect, but you can you move in and out of all that stuff so much better as you get here. So, yes. Welcome. Welcome to the to the crew. We're gonna have t shirts. Maybe we'll all get tattoos for it. Who knows, oh, right? I would love that. You got me beat. I only got four. <laughs> well, I have a lot of really old ones from oh. my youth, but <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm wanting to get new tat. I'm wanting to get some new tattoos. So, me too. Um, yeah, I think what you said is a good, like, segue into just, um, you know, things kind of. Um, I've talked about this on the podcast. You know that I'm in the middle. I've just left a really long relationship. My marriage. Um, you know, we're we're still on good terms and everything, um, but it was time to move on. And then I moved on from you know just the the concept of releasing things that no longer serve um i had to really i pretty much went through like i feel what i would consider to be a transformation from just letting these things go and i didn't realize how much i was holding on to these things in my life you know what i mean like what are you you know i know that you've been through a lot you recently i think it was just yesterday you were doing the live where you were talking about um, overcoming cancer and everything. So like, huh. like, how do you, what are some things that you do or like, what, how have you learned these lessons of like letting go and, and, and moving, having that fluidity and that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just that ease, you know, of living kind of that life of learning to let things go. Yeah. And as you know, my book in the unbecoming, it was a big, big story for me was the fact that the hardest part of my life was not recognizing that there was part two in a way. So part one is, what do I want to be? What do I want to become? What am I going to strive for? What am I going to acquire? What do I want to have? Who will I love? What will my life look like? Well, that's great. But then we realize that for everything that comes into our life, that's an inhale. There Mm. has to be an exit. And nobody ever taught us this when we were little, right? It was just go, go, go. And especially if you had a competitive parents or, you know, really um, parents who were go-getters and things like that, um, they probably didn't teach you that. For everything that you acquire, everything you move toward, there is something you must let go, something you must surrender, release, unbecome. Because if you don't, you're going to find it's going to become very painful, right? Every animal in the animal kingdom does this well besides us as humans. So it's me. You know, sheds its skin. Um, other animals, uh, you know, might lose certain parts of their body to regenerate. Um, some things might just shed their coat, whatever it might be the case, right? Every animal, reptile, whatever is so different on what its evolution looks like. We as humans are always constantly evolving too, but we take it for granted. We think, oh, well, that's all, it just happens. There's nothing we need to be an active participant in. And that's untrue. Mm-hmm. We know from evolution that part of it is 
time, but a lot of it is also active participation. So if I'm constantly striving, moving, gaining, accepting, acquiring, whatever, I'm going to be like very heavy because everything's just going to keep piling on top of one another on another on another. And we find ourselves often in our thirties and forties feeling the weight of the world, feeling unhappy, feeling unfilled, feeling like we've missed something, feeling like we don't know who we are. That's because we've become everything that was ever asked of us, whether we wanted it or not, and we forgot to exhale along the way. And so whatever isn't of us and was meant to part, unfortunately didn't know how to leave and is still part of you. And so that's been a big part of my lesson with everything that I thought was hard was just an opportunity to let go whatever was trying to get away from me. So even with cancer, the fear of dying was asked to leave. But I was like, oh, you can't leave me because I'm afraid to die. And then I realized I'm not afraid to die. And I can't be afraid to die. Because if I live in that pocket, I will never be living, literally, in this moment. And that was a huge lesson. My cat's over here dumping things. So I apologize for the <laughs> noise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but he's unbecoming as we're speaking. But... Um, a big part of that was really that inhale and exhale of life, you know. Um, I can strive for things, I can be things, but what do I need to let go and release as I go along? And it's so less painful. It's so less painful yes. when we realize those attachments that we once had, the codependency. Oh, my God, that was my biggest karmic loop, um, that I could do all of this by myself, but at the same time, I don't have to. You know, all of that is like, I know that's more than you probably asked for, but that's no. really what I came to was seeing it as a life form, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I mean, even with, um, you know, I was telling you before I hit record about um, my business. I, I was an independent recruiter and I did career, I still do a little bit of career coaching on the side and I had other things like, um, motivational speaking and just other any ways that I just I was just a person making you know being self-employed in the world and that had also was something that had really ran its course but in my mind you know where it was time for me to go and get a new job and and um uh enter a new phase in my life in in my career and uh but I had worked so hard and and you know from all up up until that point, I had built up being self-employed in my mind as this dream and this thing that I was striving for, and that I um, these expectations that I had, and and there was a lot of attachment around that. And when I finally just surrendered to it and said, "I'm just I'm going to go find a job," I ended up finding a really awesome company to work for, and it happened super fast too. It was like in in yeah. in a few weeks, I had this job, and I was I mean. It's a, it's a very corporate job, so it was like a big lifestyle change too, but that also catalyzed, um, was the catalyst for me to start working out and taking care of myself more um, and kind of have more structure to my day. So, but um, I really learned through that that I was resisting and, and there was all these th- thoughts around, well, what will people think if I right. go and get a job, if I quit doing this thing that I worked so hard to do? and. Well, they think I'm, I've failed. And, um, but I was so, everything that you were, when you were talking, <laughs> I was so at that point of like almost rock bottom or, or just this identity crisis that I was like, I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. 
right. I need to do this for me. I need to make a change. And um, a lot of the things that I was worrying about um, six or seven months ago, uh, I'm not worrying about them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they just kind of take care of themselves. I have clients who come to me all the time and they say, Dr. Renee, I've got this problem. And I know it's not the problem at all, right? It's like, how do you, how did you get to the problem, which is more of the problem in uh, a way. And so, you know, again, it's like, so I love what you said was I used to see entrepreneurship as the only way of success. Like the, the pinnacle definitive point of my existence was owning my own business. Fantastic. You did it. Applaud yourself for it. You, you did it right? You actually were granted the blessing of having that in your life for a little while. Does that mean that it will never return? Absolutely not. Nothing is permanent, right? And so you unlearned, you unbecame a very important lesson, which was that life is temporary. Everything in life yes. is temporary, as it should, right? And so now maybe this job will take you to retirement, maybe it won't, but you shouldn't even stress yourself about it. You should just be in it every day. And whatever is going to show itself will tell you when it's time or if you should stay. And if another entrepreneurial opportunity comes up, as I'm sure it will, um, <laughs> you get to look at that and you get to take that in and decide what you want to do with it. That's one of the biggest things I do with my younger clients is they are so fixated on that one career, that one label, that one identity that's going to take them to the grave. And I'm like, that is not what life is about. It is not about sticking ourselves and affirming ourselves to one absolute aspect. We might be blessed to have that career for 40 years, but we might have a different path, right? So it's good. I, I'm so glad that you found that because that's going to take you really far now in being able to enjoy this time, this this whole phase for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I, I am, um, I'm happy that I'm learning these lessons, but they were still <laughs> very hard to learn, and I'm sure that as things come up, that uh, more opportunities to let go, um, yeah. it's going to be harder. Um, it's still going to be difficult. You know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah. And and I really, it's cool. It's because I I do you think that because I feel like I was kind of brought up this way. You were talking about your younger client, like to think, oh well, you know. I think more of a more traditional way. I don't think the world is necessarily this way now, but is to think, well, I will find that one thing, that one job that will take me to retirement and I'll just kind of be there and that'll be the end and I can coast on from there. Like, you know, or, or that things are a little bit more solidified than being temporary. And um, for some reason, I was maybe taught that by society or I had that program running in my head um, and now I'm kind of looking at every, this is just, you know, I'm living in this apartment. I like this apartment, but I will probably only be here for two or three years. Will it be yeah. kind of sad when I move on? Yeah, because it, it has sentimental value, but I'll go to a new place that I will like better, you know, yeah. but it's, uh, you know, do you think we all kind of have a little bit of that, like, oh, but I wanted this to last forever kind of yeah. mentality, like. Yeah, it's, it's the quintessential greatest failure of the human mind is that I am so unidimensional that my success and my existence are better told in the story of how they get fixed and cemented than in how they're fluid and spiral. Like to me, that's the bigger thing in life is, damn it, when I found my fluidity, I felt like amazing. I just thought to myself, what next? What next? 
I had to calm myself mm. down because it was like, oh, <laughs> I can do all these things, right? But then I had to recognize again, I've got to get myself back into alignment with my dharma, right? We all were born for a divine purpose. That does not equate to profession. That just, it means your energy. Why are you here energetically? What are you here energetically for? Why are you here? And so that might translate into a job. That might translate into a person. It might translate into certain things. It may not though. You could still live a life very different in certain ways and still be serving your dharma in something different that you don't get paid for or you don't, you know, you can't see physically and it's okay. But a lot of people don't understand that, especially in the West. We're not really taught that very well. So we come to that space of knowing that there's something else for us when we feel pain, when we suffer, when we're lost. And that's our dharma literally trying to get us back on the path. And then we're just dumbasses. We keep jumping off of it. And we're like, oh, but I, I want to do this because this is all I know. And your dharma's just like, okay, well, I'll keep going. And when you catch up with me, you can get back on and we'll keep going. And it's so amazing the human mind just always thinks that something that's fixed is good. So here's the biggest lesson, if, you, if it's okay for me to share with yes, you. I just please. had. I mean, this is two weeks ago. This was a huge epiphany for me. So my love and I were doing a, um, a soul blueprint session with clients that we do. And I had this moment where I was talking to this woman about her particular position and where she was born into, into the world. And we were talking about light and shadow. And I had this moment where I recognized once for truth, this is what it was, that we have been so conditioned that our light, even though we're coming to accept the shadow, we know it's part of us and we're learning to be better with the shadow. We still see the light as the path and the shadow as the denial or mm. the push away, I'm no longer that. That's absolutely untrue. The shadow is actually your compass. It's your guide. It's the, it's the absolute thing that shows up exactly when it's supposed to in exactly the right times that tells you, oh, a lesson. Are you ready for it? And you're like, nope. And you just shove it out of the oh. way. You just try to keep going towards the light. And the light is beautiful. But the light is not the story. The shadow is actually the page turner of mm. your life. And so you can't ever get rid of it, nor should you ever. And if you really learn to talk with it, embrace with it, be with it, it will actually serve you very, very well. So I've taken this whole new position now in my life that whenever something shows up that I think is difficult, hard, a challenge, something that's meant to hold me down, I go, oh, this is my lesson. So I'm ready to receive. So the life transition happens in this really, really, really tiny space between the shadow and the light. It's neither either or. It's the space that exists in between. And so if we can find that whenever we feel like the body symptoms, the stress, whatever it shows up and manifests in, you've got crammed into that little space. You get to decide if I'm going to go ahead and take this and do the lesson or I'm going to go back to either side and not experience it. So I know it's complex, but I'm still working through this shit. But it's really big for me because I'm like, oh, my God, this isn't a problem. This is actually the solution. If I would just sit with it and actually be with it and let time come and show it to me. And I'm telling you, stuff is just flowing in now, just flowing in. And I'm kind of like in disbelief. I'm waiting for the shit to fall off. And <laughs> it's not, right? It's not. And it's, it's not going to in the way that I think it will because it's time for me now because I've finally gotten in that space. So 
I know it's hard to interpret, and I'll let you know when I figure it all out. But that's been the big thing for me lately. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I, I. A lot of what you were saying was really resonating with me. Is like when the shadows come around, we kind of like resist. And um, yeah. right around the time that I met you, so I was really getting into um, what kind of led me on this spiritual awakening process was um, I got really into like entrepreneurship and, and motivational books and then into the law of attraction and then into spirituality um, because I was I started thinking about okay well how can I have myself be at the highest vibration all the time well it's by right. all the things we're talking about meditating letting go and through that I found like oh I'm so much more than this human body I'm this energy and you know I have a dharma I have a path I have so I have a soul and and like this is all kind of incredible stuff and it was all um, I was brought up in religion but like this was a, a new a different interpretation of spirituality for me and I remember reading about um, shadows and shadow work and like the dark night of the soul and when I first found out about all this stuff everything like my perception of the world truly began to change but when I started finding out about shadows, I was like, oh, I don't want to have to go through. I don't want to have to face the darkness here. Like, this is not going to be fun. Um, yeah, you don't, right? <laughs> like, that's where people don't like me sometimes because they're like, wait a minute. That's that's going against Young. Carl Young didn't say that. And I said, I understand that. But Carl Young isn't alive in this existence, is he? Like, isn't it the fact that every great theorist ever was before us? was in his or her existence in that time. They don't. They didn't know all that was to come. Now, of course, there's a lot of people whose things have stayed pretty steady, right, and are pretty phenomenal when we read them, and we're like, oh. But the shadow always really bothered me, that it was something so horrible, and you had to kick its ass, and you had to get it away from you, and it was the altar part of you, and it's the only reason it exists is for survival. And I was like... Uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's all that it's here for. And that was a big part through my cancer was being able to get into that space of me and talk to it and ask it for its guidance and say to it, I know you're here and you know what to do. You know, lead me wherever you need to lead me. It wasn't going to do anything to hurt me. How can any part of you hurt you? Right. I mean, that's the part of it. Like even our autoimmune system, when it reacts against itself, it doesn't react against itself. It reacts against what it thinks is a foreign substance, right, or a foreign presence. So it's the mirror image is all distorted for it. And that's the same thing with us with the shadow. We've gotten it so backward. And I think it's just so peaceful when you finally stop fighting that fight and just let be whatever is to be. People like me, great. People don't, okay. They can look away. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, just the way yeah. that it is. Yeah, you don't have to fight it. You don't have to go, oh, my God, someone looks at me like I'm bad. But no, you don't have to. What's the lesson in that? I shouldn't care or I need to think about this now. So Yeah, yeah. Um, there, was, there was something, yeah, I, I, there was something else that you said about participating in um, like these, these things that happen in our lives too. You know, I knew that I had to make these decisions um, about my own life to, I, I love the analogy of like the turning of the page to like the shadow comes in and you turn the page and once the page is turned to a new chapter or to something new, it's like, everything's great again, but it's yeah. like in the midst Hello, of that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> in the midst of that, it all feels like chaos and, it, and it's insane. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that that's something in spirituality um, that that maybe goes a little bit overlooked is that we still have to do take action and like do the make these decision decisions to transform. Um, you know, I'm in a pretty good place now. Um, just my mindset, my heart set, how I'm, I'm, you know, physically I'm, I'm feeling good. I've been working out and, um, you know, I, I'm just, even though the world is kind of chaotic right now, I am in a pretty good place just in my own mind. And, um, but you know, it was because of that just resistance to participate and make these decisions and deep down inside, I feel like I knew. I knew yeah. I needed to make these choices. This isn't going to go on forever. This is eventually going to have to change. But I knew it was me, and I just resisted it. And yeah. um, Well, and then yeah. the other side of that too, though, right? I love that you bring this up. The other side is not only did we are we resisting to participate, but maybe we're over-participating. Mm. Maybe we need to settle back a little bit. So this is where... Mindset coaches drive me nuts. I love you all. I really, really do. But here, if I can just teach you anything in this moment, if you're listening to this podcast, it is, no, I don't know it all. But I know this one thing. We are not just of mind. We are of heart. We are of spirit. We are of soul. We're a lot of things that are trying to work together. Naturally, through evolution, these pieces know exactly what to do. We get in their way every single time when we try to isolate one over the other, over the other. So maybe I'm an overfeeler. So I'm over in my emotions. I'm way too much into my heart. Um, I'm an mm. overthinker, a worrier, obsessive person. I'm way too in my head. So I think yeah. I need to control my mind, right? Well, you're control. You need to stop feeling. Oh, you're you're too spiritual that you don't live in the practical element of the world. It's the minute that we start to fragment us again that everything gets messed up, and so. What I always ask people to remember is some of us may not participate enough in life and some of us might be doing too much. This is the, you know, go find your courage. You can do this. Go wake up every day and yeah. have these thoughts and write these things and do that. I mean, I did it. I did it for 12 years and it burned me to pieces. So I think we have to find a beautiful balance. Some of that works for some people in the short run. Um, and then other people, they find it's not enough anymore. They want something different. So just like the unbecoming and the becoming, I think we all have to have moments of ass-kicking. Ass I almost said kissing. <laughs> ass-kicking, gentleness, surrendering, letting go, moving back into active participation, settling back. I think it's a constant journey that if we ever just try to do one thing all the time, we're never going to arrive, you know? And so we have to really learn about fluidity and really being all that we're meant to be energetically. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I, I do agree. I think um, I definitely took that approach. Um, you know, somebody like, I don't mean to call him out because I do love this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, yes. You know, like he, he's always like grind, you know, just like put sacrifice everything for a year and you'll be so far ahead of where you were. And I, I do agree with that mindset a little bit, but like, you know, I did that and it burn it just, it, it burns me out to a certain point. It's like, it, it, to the point, yeah, yeah. Um, it, to the point where it just kept me from taking care of myself, you know what I mean? Like you can, you'll right. just run yourself into the ground. Um, 
So it's, uh, but but then again, I mean, I, I don't want to take any, anything away from him. I think he's helping a lot of people and um, Absolutely. very motivational, you know, you know, but. He's successful because, you know, as many people are, because when you can, when you can release a component of yourself to be successful. And so what part of Gary B is missing? It's not hard to find it. Right. So it's easy. And I love him. I love him to pieces. But people would probably say he's not the warmest, fuzziest, emotionally connected human. Right. On a certain level. But on other levels, he is. He's very deep. So, again, it's one of those that he had to sort of morph into one thing and then become something else later. We can't do it all, be it all, all the time. You ever see the bios on some people on their Instagram pages? They're this every type of healer, every type of coach, every type of this. It's like you cannot be all of that all of the time. So which one are you when you show up in that moment? Let me know yeah. who that is. I'll introduce myself to them. Yeah. Right? And that's what he did well. So whether you like him or not, you know, Gary B certainly knew how to keep one identity, stay focused with it. The next situation required this. I did this. That's the fluidity. That's where people are finding their success now and their health. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, So tell me a little bit about what do you think, um, I mean, this is definitely a strange time that we're living in with um, uh, people having to stay at home, quarantine, um, not having that human connection, um, doing a lot of Zoom calls and stuff like that. I mean, now things are kind of, um, uh, I mean, things are opening up. But, you know, this virus still exists and but like uh, more so not so much about the virus, but more so about people having to stay home. What do you what are you seeing kind of like on a global level or a cosmic on a collective level that how that's affecting us, like just as a collective of us not being able to connect the way that we normally can? Like, um, how do you feel like that? It's had its own life cycle for sure, right? So if you remember back in March and April and early May, everything was, we were doing collective meditations. We were talking about how the earth was healing and we were talking about the gift of this experience. And then we got to May into June and people were angry and people were frustrated. People were feeling conflicted, um, didn't know who to trust or what to trust. And then of course, you know, all of the the protests and things like that broke out around that same energy, right? Which isn't surprising. And then now here we are again, where everything, we're given some freedom, but everything is increasing again. And we're starting to look at, oh my God, this might be taken away from us again. And so I think that if people could just settle into this again, that even viruses have an evolution, Even human experiences have an evolution. Nothing can last forever. People say, well, Renee, the flu is still around. It is. It certainly is. But haven't humans learned how to really kind of just exist side by side with it? Will we do that with COVID? We don't know. I mean, we just don't know enough about this yet. But I have a sneaky suspicion that because it's mutated so much here in this country that I think that we will probably end up with something, you know, it being like a flu, it being something that comes around every couple of years or something more regular. So to me, and I'm no doctor of that kind, so I'm not going to say that scientifically based, it's just an assumption. But I think knowing that, like, we could just be okay. You know, we really could be okay through this. So remember, let's go back to that little tiny space between light and dark and say, if everybody could just understand that when you feel constricted in these moments, 
when you feel like you're losing something, when you feel like, oh, life is shifting and I don't like it, you're in that tiny compartment and you get to decide, so what is this trying to show me? What is this trying to teach me? That I have been too reliant on the visceral experiences I get from other people that I can't give those to myself. That, um, or vice versa, I've liked being by myself way too long and that when this all shifts i might want to try to expand out of my shell a little bit um you know look at kids i've got two of them and they're doing amazing but they're very honest emotionally and my daughter's birthday is sunday and she says mommy i'm missing my friends like i really miss my friends will i have a birthday party said that you know i'm not gonna lie to you i'm gonna be honest with you and but what is it that we're really experiencing in this moment to look deep within to get to know who we really are on that level understand how much we don't know of other people and when they're in fear we make judgments about the poor soul you know um we think we know every political agenda that exists and then some and we know nothing so i think this is a beautiful time to just sit back and say again that there is a lesson in this it will all pass you know, not completely gone, but eventually we're not going to be like this in a year or so, right? And we're going to look back on it and go, oh, my God, you know, what was that? I hope that when you get there, you can answer the question. That'll be really important versus, oh, that was just something that randomly happened. Nothing randomly happened. Yeah. So who I am now in July compared to who I was in March is huge. Yeah. I mean, I have evolved beyond proportions as you have right oh yeah and like, that's the shit we need to be taking from this not what did i lose so yeah yeah for sure um yeah now i'm thinking about how different i was in march compared to now <laughs> I, yeah, I thought i knew who i was back then and i'm just going wow renee of you know july 2020 is very very different from who she was in march yeah. She has a good sense of, of who she is and where she's going and what she's okay with losing if she needs to. So. Yeah. 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 Do you think we all have that? Um, I mean, I don't know. This is such a weird question and I, I'm still trying to kind of figure out how to articulate it. Like I, I'm, I'm definitely a person who like, I love personal growth. I love yeah. change. I love learning about myself. I love self-reflection and journaling and, meditating and um even as a kid i kind of like i can remember little moments where i felt um like a lot of empathy and um just that i i remember thinking oh well the next when i get in trouble i'm the next time that i feel like i want to do this thing that i'm going to get in trouble for i'm not going to do it you know like just little moments of growth like does everybody have that um, maybe I asked you this before. Does everybody have that component, that that gene, or that capability to self-reflect and to 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 grow if they want to? Like, and and do some of us just not? Is it a choice? I guess is what I'm asking, or is it something that some of us just are kind of born with, and we love to self-reflect, and and um, or is it something that we learn along the way? Like, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you get what yeah. I'm asking? Yeah, I do. And I think we have to remember that when we are born, we are not born alone, right? And so in the existence that we come into, we are so 
impacted by every bit of thing that's around us. Mom, dad, grandma, sisters, pets, life, society, everything impacts what we're becoming. So yes, genetically, from an epigenetic perspective, we certainly are created with a very specific aspect about ourselves, right? That's true, our coding is certainly there. But we don't have to live out that story. And we also start can live out a different story, right, from our DNA coding, depending on how much our existence changes us. So I think that a lot of people have what appears to be more resilience or more grit or, you know, that, that thing about them that you just can't describe and wonder where they got it from. And I think that everything is an interaction effect between that genetic coding and that experience of our existence. So how much of that causes trauma along the way plays a huge role in how much we fragment. So if we fragment a lot and a lot goes below consciousness over the course of our lives, we lose a sense of who we are, right? And sometimes that makes us tougher, it makes us grittier over time, but it doesn't make us have a greater sense of who we are. And then other people who lead these lives that are beautiful, I'm thinking of my children, who are blessed with the ability to live in their own path without mom being on it. Um, anytime their dad tries to get on it, I'm like, out. You know, <laughs> this is their path. This is their path. And I'm just there with a lantern. I'm just lighting the way, making sure they're safe. But I'm not making any decision on that path. None of it. None of it. And it's hard, right? It's really hard to be a conscious parent. So I think that we all have the capability to be that. We all have the capability to do all of that. But how much we fragment, how much we're not allowed to be what we were born to be, will play a huge predictor in who will end up finding that space in their life and who won't. But many of us who were fragmented and were traumatized as kids come to a sense of wanting to reclaim that. Mm. And so when we reclaim it, damn it, it's good, right? So it doesn't mean that they can't, but I think that plays the greatest difference. Trauma plays a huge, huge role. And, and who gets to be that and who doesn't, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought about that before. Yeah, that's a psychologist in me right there for sure. But, you know, it's it's hard. I'm teaching a um, trauma sensitivity workshop right now for teachers. And it's, it's really big as they think about going back to school this fall. What are the unseen things that are going to show up? And those are the predictions we're trying to make. What are the, how will I need to best serve my students um, who will be okay and who won't be okay. And that's the same thing like you're just asking. It really depends on all of the things that happened mm. to them up to this point so far and the way that they interact with what, what they already are. Yeah. And some of them will be blessed. They'll look like nothing's happening and others will crumble and others will be somewhere in between. And that's what we have to work with. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it... Isn't it interesting, like, I think we all, um, you know, because I, I grew up and like, as you were talking, like, I had a good childhood and, and um, you know, luckily I was not the, I didn't have um, anything too serious as far as like abuse or anything like that. Um, and, but I, there were still a lot of traumatic things that happened um, as I was a kid and, and um and then I was thinking about what you were saying earlier, like all these things that we carry on with us, like yeah. uh, that have happened to us and how, um, then whenever you get to this point where I'm at, where, you know, I'm in my late thirties and I'm starting to unpack all this stuff and I'm like, Oh, okay, well 
this thing happened when I was 23 and, um, you know, my, our, you know, perfect example, like I was in a relationship and the girl cheated on me and, you know, so then it's always hard for me to trust people, um, like learning to let go of that and, and that, you know, this next person is not that girl from 23 year old Wes's world. That's, this is girl from 37 year old Wes's world and she's completely different and I'm completely different. And, um, but it's so hard to work through those things and, um, because there's so much fear around them. Um, yeah. 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 That's a big part. I mean, and, and this is the one thing, there's many things of why I fell in love with my, my fiance, but I remember when we were starting in our relationship and he showed up and he said to me, he said, there will be one thing very different about me than any other person you've ever experienced. And I'm like, Oh my God, what is that? And, you know, tell me what that is. And he said, I promise you from this moment forward that I will always be present in every moment with you, that you will never, ever, ever worry about anything from my past because I'll never, ever exist in my past. I will always exist in this moment moving forward with you. He never denied things that have happened to him. He didn't, he didn't turn a blind eye to him. But honest to God, I've never heard a peep of anything from anything that was stressful, hurtful, traumatizing, nothing. It's only the blessings of the past that come into our present. Wow. And I have never had to worry or fear or anything. And every time I turned around, I was talking about an ex. I was talking about hurt. I was talking about this. And he's like, you are still living back there. He's like, when will you come and join me here? And we can just keep moving forward together. And I thought, damn, this is good. Okay, how do I do this? Hmm. And it was really unpacking the codependency and the trauma and realizing that none of that is existence right now. All that is is memory. And memory is just meant to be memory, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's not knowing because it's some of it's irrational. So the only stuff from the memory that actually becomes the knowing is the stuff that's useful in your new relationship. So we had to co-construct a very new space. There was me, there was him, and then there was this third shared space. And then that's where our focus and our attention went to. It was no longer trying to figure out who Renee was and who she was. It's like, who are we together? And let's co-create that. And then all the other stuff just took care of itself, which was really beautiful. So I get it. I do. I'm still working on it. But. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that. I almost teared up a little bit when you talked about, uh. you know, like... <laughs> just living in the, in the present together, because that's such a, it's such a beautiful, it, it is really hard to do, especially when, you know, you have previous relationships where you've been hurt and, yeah. um, you know, and then you're with a new person and you're hope you don't want to repeat the same mistakes. Um, yeah. Because he said to me, he said, I can't be a value to you. If I am back there, I can only be a value to you if I'm here with you. And I thought to myself, damn, why would we want to live in heartbreak? Why would we want to live in fear? Why do we want to live in trauma when what's right before us is bliss and beautiful and real? Like, that's exactly why people are on their phones, right? Denying the presence of the people that are around them mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. they're missing and they don't want to exist in the time right now. Because I know my past, even though it's messed up, I know it. I don't know this moment right here. So I have to be vulnerable yeah. to actually step into it and exist right now with nothing else. But once you do it, oh my God, you never want to go back. You never do. You're like my past who? I couldn't even recall something today. I finally had to have a, a memory and he asked about it because it was important and I couldn't recall it anymore. He said, isn't that great? I was like, yes. 
I could not put the story back together and it was fantastic. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I, um, you know, I, I mentioned that I have been seeing this new lady for a few weeks now and, um, you know, when we're together, there's not a lot of phone looking at. No, I was just saying, I'm just trying to say like about the presence thing is, you know, like right. I feel like I want to be present in these moments with someone new and not looking at what's going on on Instagram or my email or text messages or that type of thing. Like I want yep. to be present. Um, or but, the past. Yes, or the past or the past. I mean, even though I'm still working through things from my past, when I'm in these moments with her, I don't want to be there. I, I want to yeah. be here. Um, uh, and I think also when you were talking about how the past is memory, the past is just a memory, um, and how powerful that is like the future. I think we can also focus on the future too much because our imagination exactly. is so powerful. We can think about, Oh, okay, well I'm here right now, but where am I going tomorrow? What am I going to do yeah. 10 minutes from now? Like, Oh, I got, I should probably leave soon. Cause I got to go to work. And it's like, right. the, I am constantly amazed by, and I think just meditating every day for three or four years has really helped me with this at when I really bring presence into the moment, how long the moment lasts. Like, yes. It's like, I, it's like you're almost stopping time. Exactly. Exactly. It's so beautiful that you said that because we always complain as we get older that time is fleeting. But it's only fleeting because we live, you know, 40% in the past, 40% in the future, and only 15 to 20% here. So you're, you're at, you said you're almost, you're 37? Yeah. 30. So here's what I, I sort of learned too about middle age. Now, I'm 48. I mean, I'm almost 50 and oh I love God. life. I'm telling you. You, it's, don't, it's, you do not look that old at all. <laughs> I feel so damn good. I'm telling you now where if you looked at Renee at 41, I looked like I was 55. I mean, my skin was dry. My hair was bad. I didn't feel good. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden, like you get into this space of, really living in the moment, your body will reward you. Your, your spirit will reward yeah. you for that. So here's what I learned about middle age and why it seems to be, it literally is kind of the crisis, right? But it's supposed to be. So psychosocially, you're supposed to see it because what happens is you get to the point around your thirties to about mid forties where you have just as much behind you as you do ahead of you. Mm. You're in absolute equal balance now. And so when you're younger, all you have is the mountain ahead of you. So it fe the future feels overwhelming. The past is like, ah, you know, as a kid, you don't really care about it. When you get older and you get past that midpoint of midlife, that's when you have a ton behind you and very little ahead of you. That's when people become fearful. Have I lived a good enough life? Um, they start to try to fix things that maybe they've broken with people or they start to feel shame about things they feel they can't fix. And so a lot of depression happens at that point, too, for people. In the middle of life, it feels overwhelming because we know that we don't have as much time as we used to, but we're looking back on this giant past, and we're not sure we like it. And so it's, it's a huge, deep, reflective moment, right? I teach this to all my psychology students. This is the biggest moment of life that we get to decide that we can unpack and say, but I still can move forward, and I can still live what's left and be okay with that. That's what makes the difference between people in their older years. The ones that you see that are blissful and happy, even if they're in a wheelchair, um, compared to other people who don't make it that space, is what decision did they make in that point that they were gonna be okay 
letting some stuff go and freeing up some space for what was yet to come. And that's what I want to do. That's why I'm like, nope, I want to be that. That's what I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, well, Dr. Renee, thank you so much for taking some time to connect with me today. This was so good. Um, and I, I just want to say, I meant to tell you this at the beginning, but like, um, I'm really, you know, I guess we've known each other for three years now, maybe. Um, and I'm just really thankful for you being, um, and your presence in my life and, um, just the things that you say on Instagram, on, on your live shows, but the different times that we've connected either through doing podcasts together or, um, uh, just, we've done a couple of, you know, you did a, a tra- uh, was it called a heart transformation? Yes. Uh, yeah. The heart centered. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that helped me so much. Um, and you also introduced me to my big bro, Chris Ruspa, uh, uh Rupsa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he and I got to meet up earlier this year in January, um, yes. in Colorado. And, um, I know he was on your show and, um, I found him through your Instagram and, um, we're, we're good friends now. So, um, I'm yeah. so honored. Thank that you for just being a part of my life. <laughs> yes. I'm so honored that all the blessings are coming to you. And that's, that's a proof to you, right? That this is your moment again to decide that all the heaviness behind you doesn't have to weigh you down, can just be part of your history yes. you know, and let it be there and now move forward. So all the good things are coming mm. to you. So thank you. Mm. Thank you. You're making me tear up a little bit. Here. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> how can people find you now? Um, uh, your Instagram name has changed a few times. It has recently, because again, I've evolved. So I was yeah. thinking to myself, you know, Dr. Renee Moudre was so bland and it was like so straight laced, and now it's Dr. Renee underscore spiritual psychology. I love it. So I feel like I'm finally where I always wanted to be. And then my website is still the same, transcendentheart.com. And we've got a lot of new healing programs, courses now that we're offering, and really cool things. So feel free to check us out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then your book is on Amazon, right? It's The Unbecoming. The Unbecoming. And my second book, which is The Goddess Within, is coming out through Balboa Press. Um, sometime this year, if I could finally finish writing it. So it's all me. It's all awesome. my problem, and I'll fix it. But okay. yeah, life's been good, so it's been hard to sit down. But yeah. I'm hoping to get that done um, sometime before the fall. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Much love to you. Thank um, you. Yeah, I'll probably have this up in a week or two, and I'll, I'll let you know as soon as I do. Okay, all sounds right. good. Thank you. Bye, Renee. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>